Welcome. This is our first edition of The Pulse, where we talk about a wide variety of subjects related to motion control. I'm Bob White. And I'm Paul Denman. So, Paul, let's talk a little bit about direct drive today. Okay. Top-down view. What is it? Yeah, that's a good question. because uh, We're talking about motors, I'm assuming. Right. We're talking <laughs> about motors versus something else. But so a direct drive motor is simply the load, the element that you're wanting to move or push or pull or shape is mounted or connected directly to the uh, rotating element of the motor, which means, okay, there's no couplings, there's no gearboxes, pulleys, belts, any mechanical transmission. It's directly coupled to the motor's rotating element. So in the case of a car, everyone will think of that. Is that direct drive? It's not really direct drive at all. Uh, You have an engine and that engine is connected to a transmission. And if you're still lucky to have a manual transmission car, because they're starting to become far and few between, you get to shift the gears. So the gears change the actual ratio of torque to speed, the power that you push into the car set if you're in first gear you've got a lot of torque but you can't go very fast right so that's where you get your starting moving the the vehicle once the vehicle gets going you don't need as much torque to keep the car in motion so then you change the gear to allow you to go at a higher speed velocity with the car versus how much torque you need that's what a transmission does gotcha so if you're pushing on something let's say you're pushing a boulder up a wall or something you know or up a street incline you're that's direct drive you're the force and the the mass is the boulder and there's nothing between you and it right versus asking well i mean i need some torque somewhere Uh, i get a lever or i get a pulley or something of that sort so there's nothing to mess with the, the power source versus the load itself. Right. So with direct drive, what's the pro and con of just why doesn't everyone do that? Because that seems like it's the best way. Why would you induce all these other things in the middle? Well, yeah, it's, it's the case of power because power relates to speed and torque in a rotary device. So there's an equation, it's velocity times torque divided by some constant, like 5252. So it's torque times speed divided by 5252, and that's horsepower. So if you need a certain amount of power to accomplish a certain job, then if you can get it through direct drive, that means you have enough torque and you can operate at a high enough speed that delivers that power. But if you need a lot more power than you could get from a typical direct drive solution, you would need some type of mechanical transmission. You would need a mechanical advantage with either a gear system. And basically what that does is it shifts the the power equation to get more speed or torque, depending on which which element you need to make the work that you need completed possible. So you have to deal with this, what might be called a torque curve, right? Right. So different motors have different torque per things, personalities. Right, so, exactly. So the torque of a stepper motor is different from the torque of a brushless DC motor. 
Yeah, each motor is going to have a different type of performance curve. So like a speed torque curve where you plot how much torque you get at a given speed, it's going to vary from motor technology to motor technology. And the thing is, when you get back into talking to direct drive, direct drive motors typically are designed to produce more torque at lower speeds to give you more power at those lower speeds. And they're designed by several different methods to get higher torque. Typically, they're higher pole count motors. They can be eight pole, up to 32, 64 pole motors on some really big, big torquer motors that are used in direct drive applications. And the whole the whole object is to get enough torque to make the motion that's required for, for that given application. What's a real world application for direct drive? Every time I think of something that might be direct drive, it's not because it's got a belt, a lead screw, a ball screw. So and that's, and that's the beauty of a direct drive solution. If, it, if you can make it work in the application is you can eliminate those extra pieces. And so that you end up with a lower parts count typically is you know the the purchasing people like that they don't like to have to go buy a bunch of different things they like you know let me buy one thing that's one benefit of the direct drive so in essence you can use these in applications let's look at an index table so you you may have a large direct drive motor high pole count lots of torque you don't need to spin a big index table at a real high velocity so you can set your load which is typically the table itself mounted directly to the shaft or the rotating element of the direct drive motor. And so now you have an index table and that index table has no compliance because it's directly coupled to the motor rotating element. It'll be very responsive. The direct drive motor by design is typically going to have a high resolution feedback device. So you can precisely position the table itself. You can move the table very quickly and move and settle because there's no compliance in the system. So you can make a move to a specific point in the table, stop on a dime or stop on a nanometer (laughs) and not have any overshoot and be ready to make the next move very quickly. That's the beauty of the direct drive solution. So is it like a goal? If you get to do a design, the first question you want to ask is, can I do this with direct drive? I actually think it is. Does this make sense? Can you get the kind of speed torque profile you want with a direct drive solution? Can you get enough velocity? Do you have enough torque? Can you get the kind of torque you need to make the moves you desire? And if you can, beautiful. I'll give you another application, for instance. I recall an application at one point in time that was working on a very large injection molding machine and the mold itself rotated 90 degrees and it was shot with the plastics that went into the mold would rotate. Those would get pushed out. Another set would get pushed in. And this was driven by a large brushless motor that was connected to a small pulley. And then this wrapped around a large belt around the entire rotating device. And that rotating device was five or six feet in diameter. So you've got a lot of compliance in the belt, which means that you have this problem with being able to move and settle quickly enough, make your injection and reject the other pieces and start up and spin around again for the next move. So it limited how many times, how many cycles this machine can make in a given time period, because it 
it had to have that period of time when you start and stop, you have that compliance, which causes some jitter at the end of the move where it's, it's go, it overshoots and then has to come back a little to come into position. So we took that motor, the belt and pulley yanked it off and took a very large brushless, let's call it a ring torquer or a big frameless motor that is now going to operate as a direct drive solution. So the motor diameter itself was somewhere around 35, 36 inches. And that directly mounted onto the rotating forms. And now this was a direct drive rotation for this big machine. And it allowed them to actually produce many more of these plastic devices in a given time than with a conventional belt pulley system. Another good example of a direct drive motor similar to that is like a CAT scanner where you have that big rotating X-ray or the whatever the imaging device is located on a big ring. And if that ring is set inside the device, it can directly drive that. So you have, again, very little compliance issues and you can make the moves very quickly and smoothly. So do you need any kind of special things to drive the motor versus any other motor? Or is it mostly a mechanical type of structural design? Is a direct drive motor inherently different? You got to go buy different drives, controllers, software, that kind of thing. No, not at all. Direct drive motors, whether they're rotary or linear, are for the most part in brushless DC servo motors. They're three-phase brushless DC servo motor. That's simply all they are. The difference is in, let's say, a conventional brushless motor, you may have a four-pole motor. You may be able to get speeds of six, 7,000 RPM out of it. Your torque is lower. So you end up getting more power up towards the higher speed end, where a comparable direct drive motor may be a eight or 12-pole motor. Its max speed may only be 2,000 RPM, but it can deliver much higher torque. And so they both have a back EMF constant, a torque constant. So that dictates how much current and voltage you need, but they operate off the same kind of exactly the same principle. So the same drive could drive you the motor. So are they more money? Not necessarily. So here's the thing that when you look at the overall system, if you're trading out a belt and pulley system, the rest of the mechanics, right? All of the mechanics you, you're throwing away. So you're saving that <clears throat> cost. A direct drive motor over a conventional motor may slight, be slightly higher cost because it's got maybe more magnets because of the higher pole count design. It's usually going to be larger in diameter, but typically flatter, shorter length, but wider, larger diameter to accommodate the pole count. So it could be slightly more expensive if you just look at the motor element. But then when okay. you remove all the other extra components... And you take into account you're getting better productivity and there's zero maintenance, then you're talking lifetime costs is much less. You could go and calculate and prove out that a direct drive solution replacing a belt and pulley on certain types of applications will result in a lifetime cost that is much less than a conventional motor. Direct drive is rotary only? No. So how would you have a direct drive linear? Okay, so let's take, for example, a let's look at a tubular linear motor. There would be a shaft that has magnets in it, and then there's a forcer that rides back and forth across the shaft. That forcer is your moving element. 
right? So that's generating the force. And, and so where do you connect your load? You connect your load directly onto that forcer. So now your forcer and the load are directly coupled. There's no intermediary coupling. That's the definition of direct drive. A lot of linear motor applications by the nature of how they operate are direct drives because force or your coils are typically the moving element. And typically your carriage or whatever your tool is mounted on is sitting on that forcer directly. And so that's why it's direct drive. Now, that's not to say that if there's some unique or different type of arrangement of how the actual load is connected down to the forcer, if there is some additional elements or something in there that has some compliance in it and compliance is a detriment to bandwidth. Project-wise, is it more intense to develop the software side of it to tune the motor? No, it's much simpler to tune it. Why is it much simpler to tune it? You've eliminated compliance. Right. The whole reason why people have to tune their servo systems is in, in the velocity and position loops are because there is compliance in the mechanical system. There's compliance somewhere in the mechanism. And what happens with compliance is you create the resonances. So you have the anti-resonance and the resonance. If you ran a Bode plot of the mechanics, you would see exactly where those points occur. And when those points are exactly what limits how much bandwidth you can get in the system. It's like if you took a spring and put some weights on it, and then you you move your hand up and down, you know, the the spring is going to stretch out. And as your hand goes up, it's not going to respond right away and come back up again. And then you come up to the top and you want to go down. Well, the spring is still moving up and you're coming down. And so if you keep doing that, the faster you move, that's bandwidth. That's how fast bandwidth is, how fast you operate to the system. So if it were direct drive, it's going to move this way all the time. The faster you go, it's going to follow it. But as soon as you put compliance in there, you get this, you know, you, you start getting this out of whack and then all of a sudden you're 180 degrees out of phase. Now you're, you're not following the command at all. And sure. You're going into a, a situation where the machine can be battered around because it's got this wild swing from you're supposed to be going this way when you're going the opposite way. So it's commanding it to go back the other way. It's unstable. It, it just goes sure. into an instability point. That's where the beauty of tuning a direct drive solution comes into play. You can push the, the bandwidth fairly high on a direct drive solution. At some point, you're going to see the natural resonance frequency of the mechanical system, regardless, come into play. But typically, that's going to be well above 100 hertz or 200 hertz. And typical bandwidths of, of machines are in the 10, 50, 60 hertz range, unless it's a real super high precision mechanism and you're trying to get higher bandwidth. But for the most part, you're not going to have a machine that's above 200 hertz bandwidth. Uh, direct drive motors are commonly used in like medical aerospace, defense, industrial sectors. One of the most frequently ones ones is our gimbals and antennas and satellites, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Uh, yeah, just because mostly the reliability in the dynamic motion is the big thing, right? So. Exactly. You eliminate these mechanical components that can fail or need maintenance or have other issues. Oh, and the other thing about the direct drive motors, when, when you're eliminating these gearboxes, you're actually making your machine quieter. You don't hear those gears noise as they rotate. You eliminate all that and the, and the motors act, actually are very quiet.
Now we talked about just about everything. The one thing I forgot about was accuracy. Is there any penalty on the accuracy side? No, the feedback that's available today, um, you can get very high resolution, which allows you to be very accurate. There's no penalty going direct drive of accuracy. And since you're directly coupled to the load, you have very true position versus if you had a feedback device that was on a motor going through a gearbox, going through a belt and pulley, you have all of this backlash in the system that can move from one side of the backlash to the other. And that limits how good an accuracy you can achieve. Sounds good, Bob. I think we, we wrapped it up. That's That about covers all of that. Yeah, I think that was a good discussion on direct drive. We'll join back again on the next subject. Thanks. Keep on automating. Keep on automating. <laughs>